1: Hey,
2: what's going on, everybody? This is Andre Reed, 2014 Pro Football Hall of Famer, and you are listening to the Pro Football Chase Podcast. Hey, this is Trey Hendrickson, defensive end for the New Orleans Saints, and you're listening to the Pro Football Chase Podcast. Hey, this is Micah Kaiser, linebacker for the LA Rams. You're listening to the Pro Football Chase
3: Podcast.
0: This is Washington guard Wes Weitzer, and you're listening to the Pro Football Chase Podcast.
3: Hey, it's Eric Harris, safety for the Las Vegas Raiders, and you're listening to Pro Football
1: Chase Podcast.
3: Good morning everybody. Welcome into the Pro Football Chase Podcast. It's Isaac Sines with you and joining me yet again is the co-host Jarrell Worthy NFL defensive tackle. Ladies and gentlemen, we are getting ready for week number 11 of the NFL season. I cannot believe how fast this season is going Jarrell. I mean it seems like just yesterday we were talking about Opening weekend and now we're already getting into that playoff conversation and which teams are contenders pretenders and all of that we're going to get into a bevy of trending NFL topics this episode as well as answer a couple of fan questions so I'm looking forward to that but first let's check in on Jarrell how are you doing man I'm doing phenomenal today bro it's uh week 11 um, getting down
2: to the nitty-gritty of the season bro these are the most important games of the season um, anybody can make or break uh, their year and so I'm very excited to talk about this football today man let's get down
3: to it. First topic of the day Jarrell and it comes from the NFC South on Monday morning it was announced that Drew Brees the veteran quarterback of the Saints suffered multiple rib fractures on both sides of his chest a collapsed lung And now they're still running more tests, Jarrell. So they're uncertain about his timetable for return. There's a report out there saying that he could return within two to three weeks. But that sounds like it may be a little too early. He had trouble breathing. And so he was unable to return. And so that's when Jameis Winston entered the ballgame against the San Francisco 49ers. So the talk around New Orleans and around the NFL, Jarrell, is... Can the Saints fend off the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for that number one spot in the division with Drew Brees sidelined? Do you think that this Saints team can rally yet again? We saw them do it last year. Of course, it was Teddy Bridgewater who was the backup to Drew Brees and went on to have an undefeated record because of that defense. Do you think they can replicate that again right now and stay out in front of the Buccaneers?
2: I definitely believe that they have an opportunity to do so. Uh, they have the culture in place. They have, you know, Sean Payton at the helm calling the plays. Uh, they have a solid run game. The offensive line is healthy. Uh, we're far, We're you uh, we finally got everybody back as far as their their playmakers on the outside, and their defense is playing lights out. And they still and they added in Quan Alexander, um, a great Pro Bowler, uh, to that defensive core. So I think that they have everything in place to continue to to, to make a run. And when I'm looking at their their schedule, they're they they should be favored um, in every game moving forward, um, especially with this upcoming game against the Falcons, and then the following week against the Broncos, um, and then to follow up with the Falcons. So these are two these are three weeks in a row in which uh, we're talking about teams that are under 500 having the opportunity uh, to compete against those, and and I think that Sean Payton have a very good game plan uh, to compete against the the Atlanta Falcons, having seeing them. Um, um, uh, a week and a half uh, apart
3: I do agree with you there I I feel like the Saints team can hold off the Buccaneers because it's the emergence of that defense Jarrell and I know at the beginning of the season that secondary was the issue Dennis Allen just seemed out of sorts he wasn't able to field a efficient unit considering Marshawn Lattimore his struggles that he had and then of course they dealt with a lot of injuries now Sheldon Rankins we know has been hurt but there's a couple of players Jarrell that I feel like have made a big time difference on this defense now that they are fully healthy first one is Marcus Davenport the former first-round pick, the edge rusher. You know he's got those long arms. He's able to maintain leverage at the line of scrimmage. And then how about David Anyamata, the defensive tackle that have really has just been creating havoc since he returned to the starting lineup. Cam Jordan loosens him up for more one-on-one looks. And that secondary has really improved as well. So they have the Falcons, Broncos, then the Falcons again, and then the Philadelphia Eagles so all of those teams right now are below 500. Now if Drew Brees is unable to return by Week 15, then they'd have to play the Kansas City Chiefs, who are 8-1. and one, So that's another story. Sean Payton, you know he's going <laughs> to dial up some offensive schemes that are going to help tailor to Jameis Winston's strength, as well as Taysom Hill. As you know, he's kind of like the jack of all trades. So this New Orleans team, I believe, can maintain their position in the division.
2: Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree that uh, I agree with you. I mean, when we're looking at the Falcons, they should—they definitely are favored there. They go on the road to Denver, which is a tough place to play, especially with the winter uh, winter months upcoming. Um, it's definitely going to be a gruesome game, especially if weather comes into the uh, comes into play. But then you know they return, uh, you know, back to Atlanta uh, in a dome. They have a, they should be favored there, and then going on the road to Philadelphia, they should be favored there. You know, and if they can opportunity have opportunity. To run off four games in a row, we're talking about you know sitting here at eleven and two, and and we're going into uh you're going you know uh, um into a home game versus the Chiefs, who's who's definitely going to be firing on all cylinders at the time too. So the Saints, you know, have everything working in their favor. They have a franchise quarterback in Jameis Winston. You obviously have to tailor the offense to limit his uh his decision making, because obviously when he holds the football. You know, uh, uh, bad things happen when 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 Jameis Winston holds the football. So, obviously, he has to get the ball out, and ha- and you have to uh, rely on your playmakers um, to make plays on the outside.
3: And it also helps Darrell that New Orleans has uh, Alvin Kamara. who is was one of the best receiving and rushing running backs out there, and. In- He clearly is a big part of the offense where if Jameis Winston is indeed in trouble, he knows he has an outlet in the backfield with Alvin Kamara. And then Michael Thomas is finally working back to full health, so he's out there. That'll help Jameis Winston settle down a little bit. I mean, he had a couple of errant throws on Sunday. I mean, Jameis Winston was being Jameis Winston at times. In the end, he completed 6 of 10 passes for 63 yards, 0 touchdowns, 0 turnovers. And look at Taysom Hill, and this is a guy that can come in and also provide another spark, as he always has done, even when Drew Brees is in the lineup, Jarrell. So this New Orleans Saints team, I believe they are well-equipped to weather this storm, which it's looking like Drew Brees is going to be at at least two to three weeks. And of course, the favorable schedule does help their cause, and the fact that they have that tiebreaker over the Buccaneers because they defeated them twice already so that really puts the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in a bad spot
2: yeah I mean Tampa essentially has to win out with a lot of their
3: with a lot of their games man especially
2: they can they can't lose any more division games along the stretch um in order to to even be in a wild card spot especially if the Saints keep up what they're doing and I just like I said man I think Jameis Winston He's going to have an opportunity, you know, with a a solid game plan, being the starting quarterback, knowing that everything falls on your shoulders, Uh, I think that, you know, his his role and his mindset is going to change and and it's going to be it's going to be really good for the for the New Orleans Saints, especially uh, with his type of arm, with his type of arm strength. He can have an opportunity to push the ball uh, further down the field um, and you can open up the playbook a little bit more. I guess at this end of the day, you just have to uh, consciously work on uh, consciously think about his decision making, uh, because obviously you don't want to go repeat the 30 for 30.
3: Yes, indeed. That'll be an interesting situation to keep tabs on in New Orleans as Jameis Winston takes over the reins while Drew Brees recovers from those rib fractures and collapsed lungs. So now we're going to pivot here, Jarrell, to some fan questions. The first one has to do with Russell Wilson as I chose him. I know you chose him as well as your favorite to win the MVP award, but he has tailored off the last couple of weeks and it's showing in the win loss column. Jarrell, the Seahawks are trending downward as of now. Of course, the NFL, all it takes is one performance and you're back on that hot streak, but let's talk about Russell Wilson. All right, because NFL Outlook a page. They want to know what's the main cause of Russell Wilson's recent struggles. And to give you a little bit more information, all those who are listening in, Russell Wilson has seven turnovers in his last two games alone, and he is tied for the second most in the NFL on the season with Daniel Jones, the Giants quarterback. They both have 13 turnovers. Now, who leads it? Carson Wentz with 16. So, Jarrell, we all know the type of talented player Russell Wilson is he's dynamic he can go win you a ball game on his own accord what do you think is happening with Russell Wilson the last couple of weeks and why has he dipped down a little bit
2: well I think you know he feels he's in a position where he has to make a lot of the plays now you know he's the man um, you know and their running game hasn't been efficient they you know last week he was the leading rusher with 60 yards on eight carries um, you know, and, and the week before they all, the leading rusher only had 31 yards against the Buffalo Bills, so that's not gonna get it done as far as uh, as far as wanting to be a, a balanced offense and, and wanting to continue to be dynamic, pushing the ball down the field. We know what DK Metcalf is. Every the league knows now what DK Metcalf is. So defenses are not gonna allow this guy to continue to get over the top um, and, and stretch the field. Um, so obviously they have to have. A receiver on the other end that that's that's going to continue to make the plays in order to keep this offense ahead of the chains. Um, Tyler Lockett has been inefficient over the last uh, uh, really realistically over this season. I mean, it hasn't necessarily been uh, it's been DK Metcalf, it's been Russell Wilson making a ton of plays with his legs and with his arm. And you uh, and the further you get off in the uh, the later you get into the season, the more film they have on you, the more opportunities they have to scout. Against the plays that you do well, and they are st- and they're finally uh, putting a stop to those. So uh, the Seattle Seahawks have to find a rushing attack in order to take some pressure off of Russell Wilson. Uh, this big Thursday night game coming up uh, is very pivotal to their season. We're talking about the Arizona Cardinals coming off a a, 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 monder, a, a major win, uh, you know, this past weekend, and so uh, the Seattle Seahawks have to figure out and find a way to get some things together and find some
3: balance with this offense. Since week five, Wilson has given the ball away as many times 10 as he scored a touchdown, which is also 10. In his last two games, Wilson is minus five with the football and has taken 11 of his 30 sacks. So he went from averaging a touchdown pass every quarter to averaging one every game. So right now, that defense in Seattle has been horrendous. They're unable to stop any high-scoring offenses. So Seattle's always having to play from behind in major stretches of ball games. And so Russell Wilson... Feels like he needs to put the team on his back once again. And it could also be a little bit of fatigue, Jarell. I mean, without your top two running backs in Carlos Hyde and Chris Carson, the last couple of weeks, they've been going with DJ Dallas, the rookie. They promoted Alex Collins to their active roster for this past Sunday's game. So when you don't have your two top running backs that can really instill in opposing defenses that's going to let them drop eight in coverage and just contain Russell Wilson and get after him with a three-man rush and so I feel like that has a major part of Russell Wilson falling apart a little bit the last couple of weeks. It does not help, Jarrell, when that defense for Seattle is on the field for six, seven-minute drives because they're unable to get the opposing offense off the field. So I think it's a variety of factors, but make no mistake about it. Russell Wilson has to be better. I mean, I know there's plenty of other people to blame for his struggles, but in the end, I just think he's falling in a little bit of slump He got off to a super hot start, and it happens in the NFL. Defenses start to pick up on offenses' tendencies, and maybe it's time for their offensive coordinator to dial up some new packages, some new looks, mix things up a little bit, because obviously defenses have cottoned on to what Russell Wilson has been doing well, especially in the early portion of the season.
2: Yeah, they they they're going to have to switch up something. Uh, They're going to they might even have to give Marshawn Lynch a call, man. They need to get the beast mode back in beast there. Mode. Crazy. Like, you know, I, I just think that, you know, the, the Seattle Seahawks, you know, everything is predicated off the stretch run uh, tendency. If they can run the football, if they can run that zone and get guys up uh, to those linebackers and create. Um, uh, play action pass situations which Russell is is phenomenal at doing. his play action fakes, uh, his deep balls are some of the best uh, uh, some of the best uh, in the NFL. And so uh, it, they have to get back to that. They have to find um, some continuity in that area and have some and, and find a, 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 a sense of, of uh, balance. And I just think that Russell Wilson is really searching for that. He needs that out there uh, and their defense has to find a way. Uh, to to get off the football field because, you know, it's hard for an offense to come up with a game plan to score 30 points a game. And especially the way that the NFC West is going and these high-powered offenses, it's looking like they have to continuously uh, come up with ways to score um, each and every week 30 points. And so it's, it's a very tough uh, slate, and the Seattle Seahawks are going through the gauntlet.
3: Yes, indeed, and uh, looking forward to seeing that game on Thursday, and we're about to get into our game previews, but we have another fan question that I want to address here. Caleb wants to know, is Kyler Murray a legitimate MVP candidate at this point in the season, considering what he's been able to accomplish with this Arizona Cardinals team? So, Jarrell, I'll let you address it, and then I'll give my take.
2: Absolutely. Uh, When you're talking about the production from, you know, last year to this year uh I mean it's been outstanding uh him him and the relationship that him uh Cliff Kingsbury has uh it's been phenomenal you know having Larry Fitzgerald there uh, a great mentor uh there that's been able to groom him on how to play the quarterback position and what receivers like and their routes and then the the office and the GM went out and got one of the best receivers in football to boost this kid's confidence Um, You know, everything seems to be clicking for these guys. Uh, They're able to run the similar offense that he was uh, able to run uh, down in Oklahoma. And it's just looking so explosive. Uh, It looks uh, phenomenal. And and realistically, Kyler Murray definitely has has an opportunity to win uh, the MVP. Uh, You go out and beat a a, a heavy MVP contender this week in Russell Wilson. Uh, Everybody's going to be talking about your name and especially going on the road uh, this uh, the following week to, uh, to new England. Um, If you get back to back wins against these uh, perennial teams um, and perennial coaching stabs, I think at the end of the day, they're definitely going to be talking about Kyler Murray up for this year's MVP.
3: It's really impressive what Kyler Murray has been able to do this season. I know One of his major questions that were always asked with Kyler Murray when he was selected number one overall was his size and how short he is and how he wasn't going to be able to see over his offensive linemen and how opposing defensive linemen were just going to have to get their hands up and they were going to disturb Kyler Murray and his progression. Now, granted, that has happened a couple of times since he's been in the NFL, Jarrell, but... Cliff Kingsbury, he was probably the most out-of-the-box, bizarre hiring in the NFL because this is a coach that went... Under 500 at Texas Tech and was fired by Texas Tech. And next thing you know, he gets an NFL head coaching gig. I know a lot of people were upset about that one. But you got to give him some credit for scheming up offenses that Kyler Murray has been able to execute. And yes, that marriage has been really good for the Arizona Cardinals. Murray and Kingsbury, they're on the same page. But to answer the question, I certainly believe that Murray is a legitimate MVP candidate and it's coming at the right time Russell Wilson is falling apart a little bit and now I will say Patrick Mahomes is always going to be in the mix because he's had a phenomenal season as well Aaron Rodgers maybe is lurking there and so there's still a lot of football left to be played Jarrell and especially as we move into the end of December that's the most important part of the season because that's when the playoff push comes along What Murray has been able to accomplish in two rushing touchdowns against Buffalo, he became the first quarterback in the 55-year Super Bowl era to score on the ground in five consecutive games. And he's now up to 604 rushing yards and 10 touchdowns. He's on pace for 1,073 yards and 18 touchdowns on the ground. Those are numbers that would make most running backs in the league envious. So it's kind of crazy to put his numbers in perspective. And when you look at what he's doing in the pass game, Jarrell, he's uh, on pace for 4,222 yards and 30 touchdowns. So when you can have a 1,000-yard rushing season and over 4,000 yards passing, I mean, the resume speaks for itself. And again, Thursday night, if he can go toe-to-toe with Russell Wilson and have that season sweep over the Seattle Seahawks, that certainly is going to speak louder volumes about the type of MVP candidate that he's building himself up to be. Man, I mean, if we're talking – but the thing about it is this is – uh, these are the things that we
2: stress about with Lamar Jackson. Like these are the type of plays that I know we don't like to compare the two, um, but these are the type of things that makes uh, the real MVP because we know that at the end of the day, it's going to come down to putting the ball in the air. Um, you know, obviously Kyler Murray is running when he has to. Uh, there are some design plays that, that that gives him opportunities to get out on the edge, um, and I mean, he's like a little, I mean, it's so funny, man. He, he runs and he's just so little out there, bro, but it's, but he's so effective. Um, his footwork is so crazy. And I mean, he, he just, he's just spectacular. And then when you, uh, when you see the last play that he had last week and, and um, you know, against the bills and going and, and being able to get that ball up there and getting at the ball down there to D hop, um, um, you know, fading away from, from Ed Oliver, putting on the pressure, Um, you know, every MVP has that type of moment throughout the season. And I think he had an opportunity to have that moment uh, right there, especially against a, uh, a good team and a good defense um, that just went up um, off a big play uh, from Stefan Diggs. And and so it just, it really looked like, uh, you know, him throwing the home plate from the outfield. Like it looked like an outfielder literally uh, crow hopping and throwing it all the way home to home plate. And that's, you know, and that's what everybody stressed about, you know, in, in his pre-draft. And so Kyler Murray is definitely on pace to be um, an MVP contender. Uh, if not this year, um, then next year, especially with these type of plays, um, he might even keep Larry Fitzgerald uh, in, in contention, to, to, is especially um, the way he looks like he's having so much fun out there, man. He might even get Larry to come back another year.
3: Yeah, I know. Larry Fitzgerald, he's constantly playing on that one-year contract. And considering how fun he's having with Kyler Murray in that offense, it would not surprise me if he comes back yet again, especially if this Cardinals team can make a deep playoff push. I mean, Fitzgerald is going to come to the realization like, hey, man, I have a shot at contending for a Super Bowl. I might as well come back. He still is producing. He still looks great. I mean, It really is impressive, man, and I know there's a lot of doubters about Kyler Murray. I know at one point I was like, I'm not sure about this guy, and I really was taken aback by this Cliff Kingsbury hype train and Kyler Murray because, you know, they had just drafted Josh Rosen 10th overall the year prior, and so a lot of people question Steve Keim and what exactly he was doing in Arizona, but up to this point... I mean it's working and it's working at a very high level especially in a very competitive NFC West. Drill. They're now 6 in 3 and I'll tell you what it also has been refreshing to see DeAndre Hopkins go to a new team after that wild offseason trade that sent him to Arizona, and he is tearing things up there with Kyler Murray. With no offseason, a couple of weeks of training camp, you'd figure that there would be a little bit of uh, miscommunication between Kyler Murray and Hopkins, but they have just picked up on the same page. It looks like they've been playing together for longer than just one season, and then, of course, Christian Kirk. Chase Edmonds, Kenyon Drake out of the backfield. Kyler Murray has really brought this Cardinals offense to new levels.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, with his decision making, his explosiveness, um, being able to fit the ball in tight spaces, uh, it's been phenomenal. Uh, what's been great is that they have Larry Fitzgerald, a, a, a perennial uh, receiver, uh, future Hall, Hall of Famer. Um, he's working the slot. So it makes it so convenient for a guy like Kylo Murray because the slot is one of the most important places um, and one of the, 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 the easiest, or I wouldn't necessarily say the easiest, but one of the greatest places for a bailout when it comes to a quarterback. Um, being able to make those quick slants, those quick outs, the stops uh, when you're under duress, when you're under pressure, uh, getting a, uh, finding that comfort. Um, You know, he's 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 found his niche, man. Um, That's the reason why I said Larry Fitzgerald might come back for another season because, you know, he's he's having fun working these inside routes, uh, these little over routes, uh, being able to work in and out against these linebackers, um, which he definitely has the advantage on. Uh, And and realistically, man, you know, they're one or two pieces away uh, from being very heavily, you know, heavily favored Super Bowl contenders as a team. Um, I think they need to add one more piece in the secondary. Obviously, you get Chandler Jones back next year as well. Uh, but if they can keep playing well this year, man, and uh, finish out the season the right way, and and really make some noise, uh, even if they get into the playoffs, then we're gonna we're definitely gonna be talking about the Arizona Cardinals for years to come.
3: Well, it's no coincidence that we talked about Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray in the fan question segment because they face off tomorrow night Thursday night football Arizona six and three Seattle six and three the Seahawks as we've been talking about they've lost three of their last four games so they are desperately looking to get back in the win column Jarrell they're at home in Arizona riding high off that big time win over the Buffalo Bills so I ask you this Jarrell are you gonna roll with Kyler Murray and the Red Hot Cardinals are you gonna take the Seahawks to bounce back
2: Uh, This is a very tough one for me to choose uh, because we have a team that's running, uh, you know, that's red hot at the moment, uh, firing on all cylinders. Then you have a team that's normally um, contending well, and they they've been punched in the mouth over the last couple of weeks. We're talking about that perennial Super Bowl or I wouldn't necessarily say Super Bowl, but that MVP moment, that MVP caliber moment. uh, You got the young horse riding in high. And so um, I'm going to roll with Russell Wilson. I'm going to roll with Russell. Um, in this type of game, in this type of atmosphere. Um, Pete Carroll, uh, I'm, I'm going to roll with these guys because I, I feel like they've been here before. They've been in this situation before in this daunting um, NFC West uh, uh, and, you know, when it comes to the Rams and the... Did
4: you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast.
5: Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? com, And check out Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.
2: And the Cardinals before, and so I believe that Pete Carroll and, the, and Russell Wilson, they find a way to get it done. They, put, a, they put, a, put together a solid game plan that limits the possessions of Kyler Murray and this red-hot offense. And I, and I have these guys pulling out a close one, 31-24. Uh, uh, to 24.
3: Not so fast, my friend. I'm going to go with the Arizona Cardinals. And now, it always pains me to pick against Russell Wilson because I almost feel like with their backs against the wall, you want to trust Russell Wilson. And I do think he's going to come up with a big game. So, my pick of the Arizona Cardinals has nothing to do with me not buying into Russell Wilson, coming back and putting on a show. But I just... Don't think that Seattle defense is good enough to limit Kyler Murray in this Cardinals offense. We've seen that their secondary in Seattle is one of the worst in the NFL. And when I look at Arizona, you talked a little bit about maybe adding another piece of the secondary. And that could very well be in play next season. But they still have a ton of talent in Patrick Peterson and Byron Murphy, Buda Baker. I mean, this is a team Jalen Thompson I like what they have going on defense. I know they lost Corey Peters, their starting nose tackle, on Sunday against the Bills. So that's obviously a big blow, but Jordan Phillips is still there to stop the run. I will take Arizona to win a close game, 30-27. to So our scores aren't too far off. I just cannot put my trust in the Seattle defense. Even though that they may be getting Chris Carson back and Carlos Hyde may be back as well, but I will roll with the Arizona Cardinals in this one draw. This is a very tough matchup.
2: Man, I'm looking forward to this matchup. I, I'm looking forward to this uh, this game, bro. Um, two great quarterbacks, two great quarterbacks that are undersized but have big arms and have an opportunity to really make some big plays. And so uh, I really like I really like this game, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with the Seahawks though.
3: All right. Well, let's move on. Jarrell to Sunday slate of games. The Bengals. 2-6-1 at the Washington football team, 2-7. I'm going to take the Cincinnati Bengals to win this game. I know Washington, they had that late surge against the Detroit Lions. Almost mounted that comeback, Alex Smith and company. They're just one game behind Philadelphia on the win column in the NFC East. So it's crazy. They're still in contention. But I like the Bengals and Joe Burrow to come out with the victory. 26-20 over the Washington football team. I like what. Zach Taylor is done in Cincinnati, and I look for them to secure the victory on Sunday.
2: Yeah, I'm going to roll with the Bengals as well. I'm going to roll with them 19-17. to I think it's going to be a tightly contested game. Um, I think defenses are going to make more plays than the offenses, though. I think uh, both of these defenses are going to be highly competitive.
3: Falcons at Saints, so we talked a little bit about Drew Brees and his injury in the first game that Jameis Winston will start is against the Atlanta Falcons, so I guess that's, that plays in the favor of Jameis Winston because the Falcons are a common NFC South opponent, he faced them During his time with the Buccaneers. So that is always something positive to build off Jarrell. I'm going to take the Saints to win this game. 24-17. I have the Saints over the Falcons. Jameis Winston will come in. And I'm sure that Sean Payton is going to make it clear to Jameis Winston in practice this week that he must take care of the football and get rid of those erratic throws. Be smart with it. He can always check it down to Alvin Kamara. But more importantly, this defense for New Orleans, they continue to step up their game. I look for them to get after Matt Ryan with that pass rush that is coming on strong up the middle with Anya Mata, Cam Jordan, Marcus Davenport. Now let's look at... Juan Alexander continuing to get integrated to that defense. So New Orleans over Atlanta by a touchdown.
2: Yeah, I'm going to roll with the Saints as well. I'm going to roll with them in a the score of 26 to 19 or actually 26 to 20. Um, and I think that the Saints are going to uh, have an opportunity to prevail. Um, I think that they 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 have an opportunity to score late. Their defense is going to you know make Matt Ryan cause a turnover late in the game. Um, and I think uh, I think Jameis Winston has an opportunity uh, to seal the deal, and so I think this thing is just setting up the way it's supposed to. And I like the Saints at home, and, and I like them 26 to 20.
3: Steelers at Jaguars, nine and zero versus a one and 18. Jarrell, I think we all know where this one is headed. Pittsburgh should win big in this game. I'm taking them 31-13. Jacksonville's on pace to allow 50 sacks this season. The Steelers are on pace to register 64. You hear those two stat lines, and that should tell you the story. Pittsburgh Steelers, they'll be going to 10-0 once they throttle the Jacksonville Jaguars.
2: Yeah, man, Pittsburgh gets a chance to go down to sunny Florida and and, and, uh, and and dry off a little bit, man, from the weather. And so I like Pittsburgh. I like Big Ben. I like what these guys happen to do. And I, I think that they win big. Um, I'm going to give it 37 to 20.
3: Patriots at Texans. New England, how about that? Coming off a two-game win streak after that mishap in New York where it looked like the Jets were inching closer toward a win over the Patriots, but they sneak out of New York with the victory, and then they have an upset win over the Baltimore Ravens in prime time. Now they're going to take on a two and seven Texan squad that they continue to struggle with, uh, just being a potent team on both sides of the football. So, Jarrell, I like New England to come out with a third consecutive victory. And it's really impressive to see how that young defense of New England, Chase Winovich, coming off the edge, Kyle Degar, the rookie safety, those guys are starting to elevate their performance. And, of course, the McCourty twins have something to do with that and helping him develop. Give me the Patriots 23-17 to over the Houston Texans.
2: Yeah, I'm going to roll with the Pats as well, man. I think that they found their niche a little bit last week. Um, and this defense is putting putting these guys in, uh, in contention. I don't always want to, you know, congratulate a Michigan man, but obviously Chase Winovich is definitely playing lights out. And so uh, I'm still going to roll with the Pats. Uh, I think it's going to be a, a, a closely contested game though, but I'm going to go with the Pats 34 to 31.
3: Eagles at Browns, Jarrell. The Eagles, man, they're coming off that bye week. Both you and I expected them to beat the Giants, but they put out another lackluster performance. The Browns, meanwhile, coming off an ugly, gritty 10-7 victory over the Houston Texans. Jarrell, who are you going to take in this one? I'm going to roll with the
2: Browns in this one um, in a tightly contested game. I think that they uh, they found some things. Nick Chubb looked great last week. Uh, Kareem Hunt, um, you know uh, Baker Mayfield. I think that they still uh, find ways to make plays with him, uh, but this, they're going to rely on this run game heavily, man. And I think that these guys have an opportunity uh, to win and get home to uh, against Carson Wentz. And so I'm going to go with them 24 to 17.
3: I'm taking the Browns to win this game as well. Their six and three start is interesting to look at, and their three losses they have scored a combined 19 points. But, in two of those losses came against the Steelers and Ravens, who boast the top defenses in the NFL. So, this team is really making strides under Kevin Stefanski. The Eagles are still reeling. They have not found their identity. Give me the Browns, 27-20 over the Philadelphia Eagles. Next game here, Lions at Panthers. Jarrell, Detroit 4-5, Panthers 3-7. I'm going to go with Detroit in a close game, 28-23. Teddy Bridgewater, he is questionable because he suffered an MCL sprain. So if he is not available, P.J. Walker or Will Greer will get the start. And then I'll go ahead and mention that Christian McCaffrey, who's dealing with an AC joint sprain, is unlikely to play as well. So injuries clearly affecting this game. So I'm going to go ahead and give it to Matthew Stafford and the Lions.
2: I'm going to roll with the Panthers, man. I think Teddy Bridgewater finds a way to play. Um, you know he really wants to be that guy for the team he's that franchise quarterback um, so I think he finds a way to play I think he finds a way to hook up with Robbie Anderson on, a, on the outside enough uh, Mike Davis in the backfield enough to make some plays and I like the I like the Carolina Panthers in this one in a, in a tightly contested game um, 18 to 13.
3: Titans at Ravens this is another good marquee matchup both teams six and three Ravens and Titans coming off losses. This is another important game for AFC playoff seeding. Jarrell, who do you like here? Well, I like the
2: Ravens. Um, I, I think the Lamar Jackson; these guys are going to figure out uh, a way to get themselves back going. Um, they got punched in the mouth against New England. They underestimated the, this New England team, and I just think that Lamar the Jackson they and, and 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 this offense find ways to get uh, things rolling. They finally got Mark Ingram back in the lineup. I think that's going to help heavily. Uh, with them uh, moving the ball against this Tennessee Titans uh, team. Uh, realistically, they have to redeem themselves from that AFC uh, uh, divisional round last year, and uh, and I think that they have an opportunity to do so this week. Um, I wish this game was flexed, man, because this is these are two per, uh, perennial teams in the AFC, and I'm going to roll with the Baltimore Ravens um, in this one. I think that uh, they just make um, – uh, I think Lamar makes more plays than Ryan Tannehill, and I, and I just think that this Ravens defense up front – Uh, Calais Campbell, Derek Wolf, they're not going to allow Derek Henry to get rolling uh, because that's the reason why they brought these guys in here.
3: Well, I'm actually going to take the Titans, Jarrell, and to address your point really quick, uh, Calais Campbell, I don't think he's going to be playing. He's still out with that injury, and that's why why Baltimore has been struggling to defend the run. Uh, He suffered that calf strain, and he's expected to miss this Sunday's game as well. So that's another area that Baltimore is going to have to patch up because if not – Derrick Henry's coming to town, and we know what he can do. This Titans team, Jarrell, they've lost three out of the last four. So this is another team that's reeling. And in fact, they're only... Half a game up on the likes of the Raiders and Dolphins when it comes to playoff seeding. So Mike Vrabel and his team, they have to wake up. So both of these teams, I understand, they're looking to bounce back in a major way as we get ready for the month of December. But i like Tennessee to win this game. I like Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill. I look for that combo to come up big as well as A.J. Brown on the outside. 27-24. I'm going to roll with Tennessee.
2: Yeah, I mean, you like Tennessee, man. I'm still going to roll with Baltimore, man. I think um, I think at the end of the day, uh, Baltimore realizes that uh, they can't get behind when it comes to this AFC North uh, division. Uh, you know, the Browns are silently still there um, in contention there. And I think that the Titans know that they still have a game next week. Uh, to control their own destiny in their in their division when it comes to uh, uh, they have an opportunity to redeem themselves uh, when they go on the road against the Indianapolis Colts. And so I think at the end of the day, the the Titans still control uh, more of their destiny than it does, than the than the uh, Baltimore Ravens do, because the Baltimore Ravens could uh, easily be a team that went to the Super Bowl and then not make the playoffs the next year. So I think this more this is more important for the Baltimore Ravens, and I'm gonna roll. Uh, I'm gonna roll with these guys uh, uh, 31 to 24.
3: Well, let's move on to another game that is not as exciting. The Jets 0-9 at the Chargers 2-7. This could be a fireball offense, drill if the Chargers somehow find a way to lose to Joe Flacco and the Jets because we know Sam Darnold has already been ruled out. That uh, is going to be hard for Lynn to keep his job entering Week 12. But nonetheless, I'm still going to go with the Chargers 26-16. That guy Herbert continues to shine, So, and the Jets are the Jets. So I'll take the Chargers to win by 10.
2: Yeah, I'm going to roll with the Chargers as well, man. I think that these guys find a way to get themselves rolling. Um, this is a good team to, to boost your confidence, especially uh, against Joe Flacco, man. We know Joe's going to be sitting back there in the pocket. We know Joe's not going to be uh, moving anywhere, so... They have an opportunity to get their pass rush going. I know that is going to be out, but they have an opportunity uh, to still get home with some other guys on the outside. And um, they have to find themselves, uh, uh, I guess, competing the rest of the season because we know that obviously a 2-7, and seven, things are out of reach.
3: All right, next game here, the Dolphins and the Broncos, Jarrell. I'm going to take the Dolphins to win this game, especially after learning about Drew Locke's injury. He may not be available on Sunday, so they may have to go with Britt Ripien, but... Regardless of what's going on in Denver, this Miami team and Tua tonga Vailoa, they are rolling, and I like them to continue that streak. 27 13, I like Miami to get the job done behind another dominant defensive performance.
2: Absolutely. Um, I'm going to roll with the Dolphins as well, even if Drew Locke was the quarterback. Um, I think that the Dolphins have some things rolling. Uh, Brian Flores realizes it's, it's a uh, it's a time for them to compete. Uh, they realize they're all in now as far as uh, competing in this AFC East. And uh, and they have to stay ahead of the sticks, man, because, you know, if, if New England gets winning uh, back-to-back games, you know they're going to be competing as well as the Buffalo Bills, who's leading the division right now. So they uh, I'm going to roll with the Miami Dolphins in this one. I think it's going to be a tightly contested game. I'm going to go with them 24 to 20.
3: Next game here: Cowboys at Vikings. Cowboys going off the bye week, two and seven. Vikings four and five. They now won three straight games after that one and five start. And uh, look, we know where I stand with the Dallas Cowboys. Andy Dalton is actually being activated from the COVID list, and he is expected to start over Garrett Gilbert. So think of that, what you will, but. I like Minnesota, man. I mean, right now, it's easy to see what they're doing. Dalvin Cook continues to be that workhorse. Kirk Cousins is starting to elevate his play little by little. They'll be back at home. Right now, Dallas just has way too many injuries to deal with. And with a hot Vikings team coming off a big-time divisional win over the Chicago Bears, it's going to be very hard for Dallas to defeat them. So give me Minnesota 30-16. to Ah,
2: I like that man. I like that pick, man. I like Minnesota as well. I like Dalvin Cook. I like Kirk Cousins um, and Thielen. I like these. I like what these guys were able to do last week. So I'm gonna roll with the Vikings as well. Uh, I think that these guys put up big numbers against the Cowboys, even coming off the bye. Um, I like these guys, 37 to 20.
3: Now we get to another good one, Jarrell. The Green Bay Packers and the Indianapolis Colts. Green Bay seven and two. Indy six and three. This is potentially the best game of a crowded NFL Week 11, and I'm intrigued to see how Indianapolis performs following a blowout win over the Tennessee Titans in the last outing. Meanwhile, the Packers they barely hung on to the Jacksonville Jaguars and got that slight win. Now, Jarrell, who do you like in this game here?
2: Um, I like the Packers. I like you know I like Aaron Rodgers to control the game. It's indoors. He has an opportunity to, to, uh, to go up against this great pass rush. Uh, they have to solidify some things in the middle, man, because we know that Buckner's going to be coming uh, down the pipe, and he's a he's a guy that's been intimidating offensive lines and quarterbacks all season long. So uh, they have to find a way to get the ball out quickly and contain this middle rush. Um, I think that, you know, uh, obviously Houston and those guys on the outside, he'll be able to move around in the pocket against those guys. But it's really the rush up the middle that's going to be most effective against Rodgers. And I just like that they have, uh, they activated they activated Lazard um, um, from, uh, from the injured uh, reserve. And so I think they're going to have an opportunity to add another playmaker out there. Um, and they look good. They look good offensively. Uh, uh, you know, last week, defensively, they had to find some things and figure some things out. But I think they overlooked the Jaguars in order to get to this Colts game, and they're going to be highly competitive. So I'm going to roll with the I'm going to roll with the uh with the Packers. I think it's going to be a high scoring game, man. Um, and I'm going to roll with them 37 uh, to 20. I mean to 34.
3: It's going to be a really close game, and this is a very tough game to pick here. I'm going to go with the Colts, though. I'm going to oppose you again, Jarrell. I know the Packers. They have Aaron Rodgers. As long as they have that guy, it's going to be difficult to beat them. But the Colts. I think they're uh, riding some good juice over there in Indianapolis. And I like that rushing attack. Naheem Hines starting to break out a little bit. Jonathan Taylor's been in the doghouse, the second round running back out of Wisconsin. But they've also gotten contributions from Michael Pittman Jr., who they recently activated from IR a couple of weeks ago. He's starting to make plays for the Colts. Jack Doyle may be back. And, of course, that defense for Indy, I mean, they are underrated. They're one of the best in the league. Nobody talks about them. Darius Leonard leading the way. I just like Indianapolis to win in the trenches, and I think that's going to be the difference here. 31-28 over the Green Bay Packers. Jarrell, this is going to be a really close game, and I can't wait to watch it.
2: Well, yeah, the difference for me, man, it's still Phillip Rivers. Um, You know, we still have the Packers uh, pass rush uh, Zedarius and Preston Smith. So, uh, I, I think at the end of the day, if it comes down to the nitty gritty and they have to pass the ball to win, I'm just going to roll with Aaron Rodgers in that, in that fashion, man. Obviously the Colts can run the ball. They have a great defense, uh, but they still haven't proven that they can just push the ball down the field, uh, uh, against an opponent. And so I'm going to roll with the, with the Packers, man. I like, I like what they have going.
3: Now to the nightcap on Sunday, Chiefs, Raiders, Kansas City 8-1, Las Vegas 6-3. Back in Week 5, the Raiders defeated Kansas City 40-32 in a stunner at Arrowhead Stadium. You know this is a humongous rivalry, one of the biggest in the NFL. Jarrell, I'm looking forward to this game as well. There's just so many highly anticipated games that I cannot wait to see how they unfold. This is one of them, Jarrell. I'm going to take Kansas City to win this one. They lost at home earlier this season. There's been a little bit of chatter between both sides. Kansas City didn't like the fact that the Raiders took that little victory lap around Arrowhead in week five. I think this is a game that the Chiefs have had scheduled. They circled it, they're ready to get their vengeance back in Las Vegas and break in that new stadium with a victory over their divisional rival. And of course, Chiefs coming off a bye week. You know, Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy. those guys have been going to work, getting some things sorted out. So I'd like Kansas City to come out with a victory, 38-27.
2: Yeah, I'm going to roll with them in a, in a highly scoring game. I think that the Chiefs are going to try to really put it to the Raiders. Um, I'm actually going to roll with 42-31. to 31. I think that at the end of the day, man, uh, the, the Chiefs are going to really come out and put a big whipping on the Raiders. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Andy Reid is almost unstoppable coming off a bye. Uh, it's been proven in his record. Um, and it's it, and you have an opportunity to really uh, make a statement, number one, because the Raiders really dominated those guys in the first game. And you can't fall behind um, two games in this division um, uh, versus the Raiders. And I just think at the end of the day that
3: Andy Reid is going to come out
2: and, and make a point this, uh, uh, this week against the Raiders. So I'm going to roll with those guys 42 to 31.
3: Now to close out week 11 on Monday night, the Los Angeles Rams 6-3 and taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 7-3. and This is another big-time game for NFC playoff seeding considering that the Rams and Buccaneers could both finish second in their respective divisions. So Tom Brady, Jared Goff, who do you like here?
2: Tom Brady or Jared Goff? I'm going to roll with the GOAT, okay? I'm going to roll with the goat. I'm going to roll with Ronald Jones. I'm going to roll with this offensive of line. I'm going to roll with JPP. going to roll with this defense. Uh, I think that these guys, uh, they're going to have to put on the show, man. Obviously, Tampa Bay hasn't fared well in these big-time games. Obviously, I was a part of them. Uh, we lost to the Steelers on Monday night. It was very bad. Uh, we haven't fared well in these big primetime night games, but I'm going to still roll with Tampa Bay. I'm going to roll with the goat to get Tampa Bay over the hump when it comes to these prime time games. And I think that these guys really have an opportunity to shine. Although uh, Sean McVay is going to be highly competitive. I still think Tom Brady and these guys really pull out the big win. uh, 33 to 28.
3: I will roll with Aaron Donald and that Rams elite level defense to get a win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think that pass rush Aaron Donald Michael Brockers, Leonard Floyd coming off the edge. They're going to be getting after Tom Brady. Jalen Ramsey locking down one of those number one wide receivers that Tampa Bay has. And then offensively, Daryl Henderson for the Rams. He's coming on strong. Malcolm Brown, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods. I mean, this is going to be a very... Good matchup on all accords, offense, defense, out to the secondary and in the trenches. But Aaron Donald, he will make the difference. He's going to wreck that interior. I know the Buccaneers made that change and moved Jensen out to guard and put in A.Q. Shipley at center. That may uh, be a difficult task for, for A.Q. Shipley if he has to take Aaron Donald head on. We're going to see how that matchup plays, Drill. but I'm going to take the Rams, but I don't think it's going to be as as high scoring as some people expect it to be. I can actually see this game being a defensive struggle with Tampa Bay also coming on strong with their edge rush and Levante David and Devin White. But I'm gonna give it to the Rams 23 to 16 over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers.
2: Man, it's gonna be a, a very uh it's gonna be a great game, man. i s I'm still gonna roll with Tom Brady. I'm gonna roll with the Bucks. I just like what they what they're doing right now, man. Um, you got Antonio Brown. Uh, I just don't know if Jalen Ramsey can't cover all of these all of these receivers. And I just think that these guys are Bruce Arians are gonna find a way. Um, he's used to going against this Rams team from being in the AFC uh, the NFC West before. He knows what these guys are are, are very capable of, um, especially with 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 Aaron Donald. And so I think that they're gonna find ways to get the ball out and away from Aaron Donald. And uh, and I just think that they're going to take advantage of their mismatches um, on the edges, especially you got Scotty Miller, Kous Godwin, um, you got Mike Evans, and now Gronk is doing his thing. So the ball the ball is going to be spread out all over the place, and I just think that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers um, just have too many weapons in order for for uh, for the Rams to to be able to
3: cover. And it's also worth noting, Drill to your point. The Rams are going to be without their Pro Bowl veteran left tackle Andrew Whitworth, so you can bet your bottom dollar that Todd Bowles is going to overload that end with Shaq Barrett, JPP. So that is something to keep an eye on as the Rams look to patch up that left side and protect Jared Goff's blindside.
2: Yes, sir. It's going to be uh, it's going to be phenomenal, man, to see, man. I like the way JPP's been playing that outside linebacker position between pass rush and coverage. Um, having an opportunity to get an interception last week, and so uh, he continues to do his thing, man, and and and, and, he, um, and and he's proven that he's a hell of an athlete. Uh, and so, yeah, uh, Todd Bowles has been great for their defense this year. So I, I really like what Tampa Bay's bringing to the table.
3: Well, there you have it. It's week eleven. We're already getting ready for these matchups. I'm looking forward to it. Jarrell, again, man, thanks for joining the show. It's always fun chatting up football, these matchups, trending NFL topics. Thanks to all the fans who submitted questions this week. I'm sorry we're uh, only able to answer a couple every single episode, but keep them coming. I appreciate them as well. So, Jarrell, you know that I'll be joining you on your show. Cut the check tonight. Looking forward to that as well. So what do you have to say about that tonight?
2: Bro, man, it's time to go down to the nitty gritty, man, and win these guys some money, bro. Uh, tune in to cut the check tonight, guys. Uh, live on the locker room app at 9 p.m. Uh, very excited to have you back on there, man. We had a lot of great content on the first time, uh, on the first show, and so uh, I'm excited to continue to uh, to fur- uh, further discuss our, our our football endeavors, man.
3: All right, brother. Well, that sounds good. Looking forward to it. Have a good day, and we'll catch up later tonight, man. So blessings.
2: Yes, sir, man. Take
3: care, bro.
4: Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at virtual.com podcast.
0: Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant.